the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi everyone and welcome to My Pet Podcast. This is episode seven. Um, I'm Beck, one of the vet nurses here at Vet and Pet Direct and I've got with me today uh, our resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello everybody. So today um, I thought we'd talk about some something we've been seeing a little bit in the media lately. Uh, we've seen a number of different articles about uh, feline and well feline enteritis and canine parvovirus. They are both highly contagious um, viruses and they can actually be quite deadly and they're extremely horrible if you've ever seen it or seen a dog or a cat suffering from them. It's one of the most um, probably disgusting things, I guess. Yep. And you can smell it from a mile away. You certainly can. Parvo smell, hemorrhagic gastroenteritis yeah. is not very pretty, poor little buggers. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very nasty stuff. Um, I have not actually ever treated a case of feline enteritis because thankfully through vaccination um, in my life as a vet which is currently 22 years um, I've actually ever seen a case but there's been uh, a number of cases in the media um, starting last year actually in there's three different outbreaks in um, animal welfare style establishments pounds and and, um, yeah just basically stray cat homes um, in Sydney and and also in Melbourne this year um, yes recently I was reading about one in Melbourne that's hit the um, hit the headlines and and got into that Mainstream media, basically, yeah. So feline enteritis is feline parvovirus, sort of? It is. Um, <laughs> feline enteritis has been around for a long, long, long time. Yep. Um, it's certainly been documented for 80 or 90 years, basically, while they knew that there was something very contagious in cats. Um, parvovirus, on the other hand, pretty much um, we think well, we really know, mutated from feline enteritis or a virus that's very similar to feline enteritis um, somewhere in Europe and got into the dog population in uh, 1978. So the cats spread it to the dogs? Cats spread it to the dogs or maybe it went via foxes or raccoons or some other animals that are so close to cats and dogs that are also affected by these viruses. Um, But it was certainly a mutation of the strain um, or mutation of the actual virus itself, not into a, a, a just a strain. It was like a mutation that went to a different species basically and and because it was a mutation that that went to different species um that species hadn't been exposed to it before and and it had horrible horrible consequences for the dog population you know all over the world basically because it spread from europe to the states in 12 months um and was in australia um at the end of that second year in 2000 and sorry in 1979 um which was again before my time in practice but yeah there was about 10 percent of the australian dog population died within 12 months um, from from parvovirus they think yeah so back then they couldn't vaccinate well couldn't there wasn't a vaccine for it yeah um and no one had seen it before and no one had a treat for it and and now it's bad news at the best of times um and you know, it's not just um, puppies that were affected, it was adult dogs um, because there was no immunity through infection mm-hmm. or, or vaccination. So, yeah, um, both of them are very nasty viruses. So, as you mentioned, it, sp- it obviously spread really quickly around the world, essentially. Yep. So, how? How is it spread so how? Yeah, look, both of them are, are fecal transfer, okay. basically. So, um, both cats and dogs that are affected by the virus um, as part of the, the life cycle of the virus, um, yep. it replicates in the um, cells that line the gut basically so Mm -hmm. those very fast growing cells that are always growing quickly anyway um, 
that's where the virus hangs out and uh, damages and kills those cells replicating one virus goes in and 100 or 200 viruses come out so oh, wow. it, it damages the lining to the bowel um, and that's the main reason it causes vomiting and diarrhea is its, is its main symptom or one of yep. its main symptoms um, so a dog or a cat that's got this virus they shed um, in their diarrhea and yep. feces and vomit um, that virus um, into their environment and it's a very resilient virus as well so, so it stays in the surface or the area yeah, where it's been it, it stays in the soil like again depends on whose um, research you look at but certainly six months um, oh, in, wow. a, in a moist soil environment um, yep. and even in the sun they reckon it's you know up to a couple of months in, in the right areas oh, wow. um, and up to two years so in, that was in the soil that in, it could yeah, stay yeah so up, up to two years um, it's okay. been um, still isolated and still causing infection basically um, then does the other dog or cat then pick it up by sniffing it or licking it or yeah, eating it? Just getting it internally, basically. So, I mean, dogs will eat any bloody thing yep. and, and they lick everything and sniff everything. Yep. And, and that's probably one of the reasons why um, we see a lot higher and a lot more widespread infection with parvovirus in dogs than, yep. we, than we see in enteritis in cats because the, the feline enteritis virus is still out there and it's most likely in the you know feral cat population mm-hmm. and, and um, are probably a subpopulation of cats that never make it to the vets and yep. for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, the fact that there's been documented cases in the last couple of years um, and there hadn't been documented cases for about 35 years in Australia prior to that. Um, was that because there wasn't any cases or was it because they were oh, just okay. never diagnosed? Yep. Um, because They were just um, diagnosed as something else? As something else or, yep. or, or just, you know, there's lots of things that we see in veterinary medicine that we, we treat empirically without a, a definite diagnosis yep. with a lab result saying that's definitely what it is. Yep. Um, and parvovirus in dogs, um, because it's such a problem and we see so much of it um, in a, in a clinical basis there's uh, in-house tests that you can do now okay. like a, a five ten minute test on a bit of poop or a swab yep. um, from a dog's butt and you can prove it's got parvovirus yep. or not in a, you know, a 10 minute in-house test um, there's nothing like that available for feline enteritis so there's there's fecal samples we have to go after the lab and and uh, you know, a couple of dollars later to get yep. a diagnosis sort of thing after a couple of days and, and usually you know just because they're nasty diseases like that the disease has probably already been been or being treated um, yep. so you know there's less um, benefit to getting a diagnosis in a couple of days time sometimes when, yep. you're, when you're dealing with individual cases if you've got a you know a, a, a cat um, a cattery pound or something and you've got 30 cats crook, crook um, okay you want to know what organism you're dealing with sort of thing so so that's potentially why the diagnosis is in those um in those um, animal welfare agencies and, and pounds have been done because they've had had more testing done potentially okay so with that's why we test for the dogs though because we can we can do it really quickly and Correct. so we might as well know yeah. exactly what we're up against yep. but with the cats we sort of just go in and treat yeah, because, I mean, initially, I mean, it's, it's a really non-specific symptom too. I mean, vomiting, yeah. diarrhea, you know. It could be from eating something. It that's right. I mean, there's just so many things cause that symptom. I mean, it becomes more profound and more yeah, debilitating and, and has lots of other effects, which we, which we can go through as far as the other symptoms of the yeah. virus. But initially, you know, I see probably a couple of dogs a day with vomiting and diarrhea yeah. for, for various reasons. Um, and if they've got an incomplete vaccination status um, or if they're, you know, six to ten weeks of age with, with mm-hmm. vaccination not done yet... Um, and they've got vomiting diarrhea. Yeah, it's worthwhile doing a you know, a fifty dollar in house test to see have they got parvo or not. Because if they haven't got parvo, well, that's a good thing, and you can yep. sort of scratch that off the list fairly well. Um, and if they have got parvo, well, you know, you know, we're going to have a um, a reasonably um, prolonged and intensive treatment protocol for that puppy to get it through around the other side of the mm-hmm. disease. Yeah. 
So you mentioned that the so canine parvovirus is a basically a mutation of the feline enteritis. Yep. And so do they therefore share the same um, signs and symptoms? And what are they? Very similar. Um, the I mean the main hallmark is vomiting and diarrhea basically, yep. um, and that can come on quite quickly. Um, it also extends to other organ systems in the body, so it doesn't just uh, wipe out those lining cells on the on the gut. It also wipes out um, part of the immune system. It, it, it suppresses the bone marrow's reproduction of white blood cells, okay. which are the white blood cells that, that fight off infection. So you've got an infection that's overwhelming the lining to the gut, and you also wipe out the immune system at the same time. And okay, that's so it's that, very hard to fight. Yeah, hard to fight because it, it's debilitating the body's yeah. ability to fight infection, and, and the gut's not a sterile area at the best of time so you take the yep. lining off the gut and wipe out the immune system you've got every other bacteria that's already in the gut um, going through that that um, gut blood barrier and into the the bloodstream and you've okay. got bacteria floating around all through the body and, and causes um, another causes inf- infection yep. elsewhere septicemia and, and that yep. sort of thing so yeah so it, it, it's the fact that it's not just vomiting and diarrhea which is which is horrible yes um, but you know you can combat that with IV um, fluids and, and the right medications, but if you've got a severely compromised immune system as well, unfortunately sometimes you know, know about of antibiotics and, um, and other therapies can um, support the body through not having any protection at all as far as the immune system okay. goes. And cats and dogs, that's that's pretty much the, the way the disease um, presents, presents yeah. and, and causes troubles. Um, there's another small um, percentage of cases that um, it also affects the heart muscle as well, okay. um, and sometimes that's in the ones that have got really bad vomiting and diarrhea and um, we think there's probably uh, a number of cases of you know, younger dogs that die of um, acute heart-related problems um, is actually you can isolate parvovirus from that heart muscle and it hasn't caused the um, vomiting diarrhea oh, effects okay. or, or, wow. or relatively mild vomiting diarrhea effects but it actually um, knocks out the heart muscle and, and causes you know, acute heart failure and death sometimes. Oh, okay. So um, that's very unfortunate as well. So you mentioned that uh, the vomiting and diarrhea comes on quickly. How yeah. quickly from like say they're obvi- they get a bit lethargic and they're a bit depressed yeah. and not eating, loss of appetite. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I've seen them go from you know happy one you know eat dinner happily yep. and normal one night and then you know pretty depressed the next morning not wanting to eat. Maybe they've thrown up once or twice overnight mm-hmm. and had a bit of diarrhea and by lunchtime that next day like as in within 18 hours after the onset of symptoms yep. they'll be you know having diarrhea every five minutes and, okay. and vomiting every five minutes and um being very 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 sick yeah you know, they're just it's, profoundly depressed it's something and, horrible i mean yeah. i've seen half a dozen cases i guess yep. and it is and you can you can smell it from a mile away, yeah. and it is just it, it's horrible to watch them go through. Absolutely, it. and it's very painful. I mean, you know, oh, if, you, if you just lost the lining of most yeah. of your bowel, basically, and, and you're vomiting all the time, and, and you know, it's worse severe, than any severe diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horrible stuff. Um, yep. And you know that immune suppression comes in pretty quickly mm. as well. So yeah, they can go from normal one day to you know dying the next. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. And it's there's you know scary. some of them don't go that fast, and might might, might take a couple of days to yep. to get to there, and that's you know, a combination of Depends on how old they are and what their immunity levels are, and did they get some immunity from their mother mm-hmm. if she was vaccinated at some stage? So it's you know partially protective, but not enough to to stop the symptoms altogether. Um, or did they not get vaccinated at all, and, and they're now an adult? And, and adult dogs seem to have more uh, innate um, protection or ability to fight off the infection, even if they haven't been vaccinated. Yep. Um, but it's still um, it's still very nasty for adult dogs that haven't been vaccinated. Yeah. So it's more common in our puppies. 
yeah, more often in younger dogs. Ten, ten to twelve weeks old, or, yes. or you know, a bit older if they haven't had vaccinations. Yeah, and it's it's a combination of the only protection they've got is the antibodies they get from their mother um, across the placenta basically um, and then the vaccine immunity when it starts kicking in when we give them their first and second puppy vaccinations at six to eight weeks and, and 10 to 12 weeks of age yep. so there's a sort of a transition a changeover period there between okay was mum's immunity strong had mum uh-huh. been vaccinated you know relatively recently before her pregnancy um, and and have the the vaccinations that the owners or the breeders have hopefully given the puppies have they started kicking in enough yet yeah okay and our our Older, I know with a lot of things, older dogs are more susceptible. Are they more susceptible, but, or is it just if they're not vaccinated, haven't had a good vaccination? It's, it's mostly not vaccinated, yep. yeah. I mean, we've got um, triennial vaccines now where, yep. where the vaccinations last for three years for parvovirus, yep. certainly, on a, on a, you know, on a, um, a herd basis, as mm-hmm. in you know, the vast majority of dogs will still have uh, protective immunity levels after those, mm-hmm. those three years. So um, it's probably likely that if a dog's had you know, previous vaccinations, even if it was four or five or six years ago, um, they've probably got enough antibodies to at least um, partially protect them. Mm-hmm. So if they come in contact with the virus, they may still get the virus, but they'll fight it off at a lot faster and, and higher level than and if they'd not been vaccinated at all. Um, and if a dog's got through to that age, I mean, there's a pretty fair chance that it's actually you know, maybe been exposed to the parvovirus as well and so if it had partial immunity because yep. infection um, if you survive it confers immunity yes, for, for, for a period as well yep. um, so have these dogs you know that have been vaccinated then been exposed to the parvovirus okay. just through their regular life and that's you know they haven't shown major symptoms from it but has that topped up their immunity along the way but yeah it's, it's mostly a puppy young dog thing mm-hmm. um, with inadequate vaccination yeah okay so Obviously, that's our prevention measure on it is the number one prevention measure is to vaccinate your dogs and make sure it's always up to date. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, dogs and cats, I mean, it's basically um, vaccinate them um, at the right intervals and and be guided by your vet as to the vaccines that they're using, what that interval should be. But Mm -hmm. but definitely um, cats um, should have their first vaccination at at eight weeks of age to start that immunity level in the system Um, and puppies at six to eight weeks of age for their first vaccination. Um, Both of them should get another vaccination four weeks later. Um, dogs we've now got these um, longer acting vaccines more effective vaccines where the second vaccination at 10 weeks of age um, if you use the right vaccine gives them 12 months of immunity from there Um, but the other thing you've got to think about is okay as soon as the vaccination is given that doesn't give them full immunity straight away tend to say um, a week after that um, second vaccination if it's a two vaccination schedule Mm -hmm. vaccine you're using that's when um, your puppy should be immune to those diseases and um, able to, you know, go out in public and frequent areas so where the parvo could be. That's something a lot of people forget. They think, oh, my dogs have one vaccination. They're fully vaccinated. Let's go to the park. Let's yep. go to the beach. That's yeah. not the case. That's right. It? And it's at the most risky time yes. um, as far as exposure because the, the first vaccination, you know, is the start of their protective yep. immunity, but it's not protective at that stage. Um, and that's the time frame that we're their most susceptible. So certainly um, puppies for me, unfortunately, should be pretty much homebodies yes. um, in a confined, um, known environment until yep. the week after that second vaccination. Yep. So because we talk about, you know, Soil contamination and fecal mm. contamination. I mean, you're definitely avoiding areas where you know other dogs every are. Every dog frequent. So yep. I mean, that's you know, if your house yard has been frequented by dogs that have been vaccinated, mm, I mean, that's yep. of pretty limited um, risk realistically. Um, if you um, walk out onto the street in front of your house where 15 mm. people walk their dogs every day, you know, that's a contaminated environment. So um, you know, it's pretty much staying home. Don't go to dogs parks, beaches, beach fronts. Um, you know. 
taking your dog for a walk down the street um, until yep. they've got their full vaccination immunity. Yep. Um, pick them up, carry them where you're going and, and where you are going, you've got to be careful, you know, avoiding anywhere where other dogs have pooped in the last yep. two years and that's a pretty tall order pretty <laughs> much. pretty much everywhere yeah, if you're in yep. a park So, you know, it's a big thing. And, and yeah. cats, you know, cats tend to have that less, you know, exposure to, you know, faecal material and they don't tend to get taken places and going to the beach and cat parks <laughs> and that sort <laughs> no. of thing. Um, but, so, you know, if you've got an inside-outside cat, yes. it's, it's, it's a risk. So it is, that would be the next question is if they're an indoor cat, like primarily only live indoor, don't come in touch, contact, should we still be getting vaccinated? Look. Recommendations, yes. yes. Um, yes. A, um, you can't guarantee that you don't walk in some cat poo down the street, bring it home so on your shoes. So we can bring it home on our yep. shoes. Only. Yeah, it's just, yep. you know, it, because it's such an infectious yes. virus, like it, it can literally come in on car tyres or um, yep. the soles of shoes or whatever else comes into the house, basically. So even if your cat's an inside-only cat, um, they, they need coverage for that. But also, you know, if something arises and you need to duck off to the other side of the country over the weekend and and they need to go to a cattery. I mean, they're covered for those transmissible diseases in in the cattery situation, which even if you have no intention of sending them to a cattery, um, I think it's still a good idea to have them up to date for those because, you know, you're vaccinating for the other transmissible diseases as well. But, um, but, Definitely, yeah, vaccination is your main prevention. Yes. So it is highly contagious on us ourselves. I know in the vet clinics, if we are in touch with a parvovirus dog, we, you know, we try to cover ourselves up as much as possible. We try to, like yourself, you'd be scrubbing your hands down before you head home to your own dogs. That's right. And changing your shoes. and Yep, shoes and shoe covers and disposable overalls and face masks and everything else. So So that's how contagious it is. It's really And that's in in a controlled environment. Exactly. um, And, you know, you can use disinfectants and all that sort of thing. But, I mean, disinfectants only work on a clean surface to start with. um, And that's not the lawn or, you know, Mm. rough concrete. And you're not going to be like outside that. spraying that every day, are That's you? That's right. So, I mean, it, it's really it, – it is a very contagious virus. Yeah. Um, you know, some viruses that we deal with, like the dog flu viruses and that sort of thing, I mean, it's droplet transfer. They've got to be, you know, within – Actually sneezing Yeah, on within close, you know, proximity to get it. But Parvo, you know, there's been – I've dealt with isolated, you know, cattle properties that have had a herd of dogs that haven't been vaccinated for 20 years and they've been fine. Um, and there's no other person that lives within, you know – a 40 kilometre radius um, and all of a sudden they've got 10 dead dogs from Parvo mm. um, and, and it's obviously come from somewhere and you're never going to find out where it came from but I mean assumedly it's coming on car tyres or something Beautiful. else I mean maybe it was from a, you know, a local dingo or feral dog yeah. um, that they came in contact with you're not going to know but it, it, it is highly contagious it's horrible stuff yeah so it's definitely on the prevention we vaccinate yep. our cats and dogs yep. it's just an absolute must absolutely so Say you have a parvo dog come in, and we touched on it briefly, but just the treatment, what can we do? Because there is no antiviral as such to actually cure it. No, there's no direct treatment for the virus, basically. I think some people played around with Tamiflu, some of the the antiviral flu um, viruses, and there's no published papers on does that work or not. It's a bit anecdotal. Um, I haven't used it personally in in treating cases, but but effectively it's supportive care primarily. Um, So that's rehydrating, suppressing vomiting, reducing the amount of fluid loss um, Mm -hmm. through the diarrhea, or at least replacing the amount of fluid loss. Um, Certainly heavy-duty antimicrobial antibiotic cover because they've got this bacteria bacteria that's you know, yes. definitely going to be in the bloodstream um, because of that damage to the, to the gut wall. Um, uh, hyperimmune plasma, so we oh. give dogs um, plasma transfusions from dogs that have, have got um, lots of antibodies to canine mm-hmm. parvovirus in their system, so that um, offers some protection and um, hyperimmune plasma uh, has got lots of um, other products in it like 
protein and clotting factors and, and all the good stuff that a normal body should have. Um, and Which may have been depleted. Been depleted yep. because of, you know, they're just losing um, fluid, they're losing protein, they're yes. losing blood across their, um, across their wall. Um, yeah, that, that lining of the bowel, and, and I mean, some of them need blood transfusions for blood loss. Yes. Um, you know, it, it gets pretty complicated sometimes. Yeah. But it's 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 difficult treatment, um, and it's, you know, usually five to seven days, you know, in, in intensive hospital. care, effectively, until you can turn a corner and, and you know, a, a nasty parvo case, that's how long yes. they're in hospital. As I well, mean, I've remembered seeing survival. some treated for a number of days, and then you still lose them. Absolutely. You think that they've turned a corner, yep. you've got to wait that yeah. week, and it's it, a it, lot. It, it's just a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of variables there um, there when is. you're looking at you know, a, a suppressed immune system they yes, can get so all sorts of complications thing can happen yep. and, and then there's that underlying you know has it got primary heart troubles as well from, mm-hmm. from the virus as well so it's it's um yes complicated so it's something after we after it's been treated is it then something that um needs follow-up or continual care even after the seven days or they've turned that corner they're in hospital for a bit longer and then they're home and yeah usually once quiet. they go home and they, i mean the vomiting stopped and the diarrhea stopped yep. and their immune systems are working again they they usually recover okay. fully um i mean some of them just through basically like scarring and damage the lining the bowel mm-hmm. might be more prone to um gastrointestinal irritation or sort of inflammatory bowel syndrome yep. style symptoms or, or malabsorption syndromes if they if they um, have got enough damage to the lining the bowel they don't seem to digest their food properly okay, and that sort so of thing so a special diet sort of yeah situation. special diet and and um and more nutrient dense if they can't digest things but that's okay. that's probably not all and that's you know it's only a, a subset do that and um unfortunately a lot of those cases also go on to be uh, persistent shedders as well um okay. so even despite vaccinating them they've still had a parvovirus infection and, mm-hmm. and their bodies never 100 percent get rid of it and they could be part of the environmental contamination okay. cascade basically can they catch it again then is the built-up immunity from having it they, they should have immunity yes. um somewhat but you can never say never i mean yeah and you still on, vaccinate them then? Still vaccinate them, yes. yep, yep. Um, because you don't want them getting, A, other diseases. Yeah. Um, and within the parvovirus, there's four different strains of yep. parvovirus that are out there as well. So, um, And that's what they're continuing to study, aren't they? They're yeah, continu- constantly making sure there aren't some new strains popping up that we're not that's covering right. for. Yep. Which happens because it's, it's mutated at least four times um, wow. since yep. it's it been in the in the dog population. Okay. Um, and then it, obviously it mutated from the cats over correct. to the dogs. So it's quite um, a smart little Yeah, it just, it, it just keeps changing basically. <laughs> yes. So um, vaccination. They've got to keep up with that yes. um, because sometimes the old mutation and the new mutation, like it changes how um, dramatically it affects the immune system yep. or, it, or it seems to cause more significant vomiting and diarrhea troubles and not as much immune suppression troubles. Um, so it changes subtly some of the characteristics of how it presents Just clinically. Kind of like our influenza vaccines, like, how yep, it mutates each year sort of thing. It's got to keep up. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. And um, sometimes the older vaccine still covers immunity wise to the new mutation and yep. sometimes it doesn't there's the there was um, a fair bit in the media last year um, about the new parvo strain um, which seems to be more pathogenic or, or um, worse at creating symptoms in okay. dogs um, the newer vaccinations as in for the like the third mutation there was, they yes. seem to give good coverage for the fourth mutation that the newer okay. vaccines from now on will probably, they'll be working on putting um, a direct vaccination for the fourth strain okay. um, in that in that vaccination, but it's still protective from the third strain. So if you're using, if your vet's using the, the newer vaccinations, your pet should still be covered um, despite it not being directly vaccinated for the, the newer strain. Okay, so once... So strain one, it's wiped out, gone, and we're all dealing with strains three Correct, and four yeah. now. Two, two, three, and four are still around, yep. basically. Yeah, strain one seems to have, have just um, 
yeah, dissipated and, okay. and, and become strain too, effectively. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and another thing to think about, which is complicating things <laughs> further, um, dogs don't get cat feline gerritis, yes. but cats can get dog parvo. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it can go back the other way. Uh, yeah. That's confusing, it's, yes. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't seem to be particularly virulent, um, but there has been cases of um, cats have actually got dog parvo virus, okay. um, which is a different virus to the one that mutated from cats, but um, cats can be infected by it, oh, th- wow. theoretically, and, and it, there has been some cases of it. Again, it mustn't be too contagious within the cat population, because there's lots and lots of dogs get parvo and, and very not few cats, cats get it, yep. um, but, um, but that's yeah another complicating factor basically so on that though can our dogs and cats pass it on to us no. or to other animals like it shouldn't well dingoes you mentioned yeah before, d- dingo well, certainly and, and we don't have to worry about here but apparently you know, like raccoons and okay. some of the um, dog like um and cat like um, species in other countries in Europe, okay. like you've got, the, I mean, there's various wildcat populations yes. um, throughout Europe and um, coyotes in America oh, yeah, okay. um, and wolf populations. So they so have wolves to be, can get it, yeah. yeah, can be concerned about parvovirus. Okay. And then, okay, yeah, if you lived in the states and you've got a coyote population around, yeah. well, can your dog get parvo from the coyote oh, population? Yeah, okay. I think yes. Um, so yeah, but it, it's it, not like our rats and mice and no, stuff that are just and, travelling. And, and you know, your, your child's not going to get parvovirus. Yeah. Your um, budgie's not going to get parvo. Yes. Your horses aren't going to get parvo or your cattle um it's it's pretty much cat and dog okay. kind of specific yeah, yeah that's um, good for, to know. for us yeah what's the um survival rate of a dog or a cat so obviously we don't see as much cats so it's a little bit harder probably yep. but um a dog with canine parvovirus what's the survival rate if say they if they are treated because yep. it's still it's still deadly yeah <laughs> I, I, I usually um sort of quote like if you've got the standard dog with no vaccination status yes. and it's a six to ten week old puppy um and they've got parvo i usually say i can save 70 percent of them okay um, which means it's 30 percent that i can't save yep. um and which one your pet's going to be um you don't really know so that's start. not necessarily guarded by how far along the disease has progressed it's not, not really because okay. it's going to progress anyway yes. um, and there's nothing i can do about that progression yep. so early diagnosis sort of helps a bit because they might not become as dehydrated, dehydrated and you've yes. got antibiotics in the system earlier so they stop um, the secondary yeah, issues so yeah. so i mean certainly earlier treatment and earlier diagnosis yes. is better than than later down the track and it's painful so they're yeah. um, but it doesn't necessarily change the the course of the disease okay. on, on its own yeah um and obviously you know sometimes there's monetary considerations to be, yeah, to be course, put in place it's a because long time yeah, one one little bag of hyperimmune plasma is five hundred dollars. Oh wow! For, for yep. a bag of plasma. Um, and how many do they get? Um, one or two. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, so on, and yeah. that's just one part of the treatment. That's right. Yeah. And then there's you know, and they're intensive. You know, if you've got a, a patient in hospital that needs you know multiple it, treatments yeah. a day, you've got a staff member that's scrubbing in and out of. Is- it's an isolation, of isolation. situation. Yeah. You know, a staff yes. member scrubbing out of isolation, and and you know that takes. It might take mm-hmm. you. 20 minutes to do a two-minute yes. procedure because you've got to scrub, yes. scrub, scrub in and out, basically. And I remember yeah. the cleaning afterwards is yes. just astronomical yep. the, uh, where, as a vet clinic of what they have to do to try and yep. rid those areas. And obviously, ideally, I mean, um, I mean, Parvo is less of a problem now than it was, you know, 20 years ago, yep. probably. Um, and it depends on what area you're in because some areas are still, you know, diabolical amounts of parvovirus. I've worked in practices where you'd see a case a day on average oh, wow. um, of parvovirus. Um, is that where there's a higher population of dogs or is it just it high, outbreaks? Higher population of dogs, um, so the density is part of it. Yep. Socioeconomics comes into it because okay, um, you know, on average lower socioeconomic areas have got less vaccination status yes. happening. Um, so that is all part of it. So, yeah, I mean, I've literally worked in practices where it's one of 
a day. Um, yeah. The practice that I have at the moment, I mean, I probably see a case every maybe four to six months. Yeah, okay, um, But the practice just up the road sees them on a weekly basis because they've just got a, a different demographic. Okay, you know? yeah. Um, so it, it's it's always out there. Never think that you live somewhere where Parvo can't get you because yes. um, it definitely can. And yeah. that's like the example of when you're on a property, don't think it's not going to get you. That's right, yeah. Because Os- Oscillation helps. I mean, it's yes. going to help. Um, it's better than walking your dog down the street where, you know, 500 other dogs yes. have pooped that day. Um, but it's not 100% protective by yes. any means. Yeah, and okay. it probably lures people into a false sense of security as well. Yep. Yeah. So you said 70 70- yeah, 70% um, survival rate with treatment. What's the survival rate if we don't get them treated? Oh, look, I mean, it's it's pretty sketchy. Yeah, yep. I mean, if you go to various forums online, there would be all sorts of people that are treating their dogs at home um, yeah. for um, parvovirus. And, and was it parvovirus in the first That's place right, if it never got know. diagnosed? Or was it hookworms? Or was it giardia? Or was it yes. something else? Um, but, you know, I'm sure there's cases that have survived um, yes. of actual parvovirus with, you know, home treatment of syringing mm-hmm. water into their mouth and... and crossing your fingers and toes and giving mm. them honey and copper sulfate and all sorts of other um, yeah, home remedies that <laughs> don't do a great deal and probably do some more harm than good. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, survival rates are, would be uh, very low. Yep. Um, and do you want to, if it's your puppy, mm. play the survival odds game? I mean, And trust se- me, you don't se- want them at home. 70-30 is not hugely no. great odds. I mean, I wish I could offer better yep. um, odds than that for the, tri- for the ones that I treat intensively. Yep. But, you know, if you've got a patient that isn't getting treated intensively um, and you've got 70-30 with treatment, it's going to be a hell of a lot less without. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know five percent or less probably yeah. yeah and and how much discomfort are they going through yeah, it's you pretty know, cruel isn't painful it way of dying over a couple of days or yeah however and it long is it takes. painful yeah. and everything else that comes along with it is painful it's horrible absolutely and you don't want to be trying to treat that at home it's, no. it's and if you've got other dogs in the house and yep. the neighbors and yeah you need to get them to a vet yep. yep that's the best way to go all right i think we've Sort of covered everything. Yep. Anything else? It's, that a, you it's a pretty complicated little topic, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's as simple as again, if your dog's sick, you yeah, should take it to the vet, <laughs> um, and we can diagnose it and do something about it. Um, and prevention is always better than cure. Um, and prevention for parvo is essentially vaccinate, 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 yep. um, and feline enteritis. It's vaccinate, so, vaccinate, vaccinate. That's yep. all we can do. It's not just pushing a vaccination. It is actually something that we have to do to keep our pets safe these days. Absolutely. Yep. So, well, I think that's all we've got on feline enteritis and canine parvovirus. It's a bit of an interesting little topic there. Um, So if you actually want some more information on it, I've written a blog on parvovirus, which has just got a little bit of my um, knowledge and experience with it. And there's also some information in the Vet and Pet Direct Help Centre that you can have a look at. And that also includes some information on the dog and cat vaccinations that are available and what exactly they cover as well as your parvo and enteritis and why we need to be vaccinating basically for the prevention um, of all these diseases. So I think that's all we've got. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Bye.